Blog Talk Radio. presents another episode of Airline Talk, News and History. And sometimes we try to be Comedy Central, and today's uh, that day. It's an episode that does exactly that, and we call it a Stand-Up Comedians Convention Charter Flight to Las Vegas. Ought to be interesting if we have those that are supposed to be with us today, but my name is Neil Holland. I'm a retired captain with Eastern Airlines, and the producer of the show, uh, and if you're listening in on the show's website for the first time, which is blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie, that's C-A-P-T-E-D-D-I-E, and you'd like to make a call, talk to us online, on the air with our guests, our hosts, and to add your memories, and then why not call us at 213 816 1611. Again, the area code is 213-816-1611. I'll see your number on the caller's board and ask if you'd like to join us 
and share those memories. Now, we are a satellite-based radio station, and we're heard around the world. As a matter of fact, we have listeners in over 50 countries. And I'm going to repeat the number again. If you'd like to make your call, uh, call in and add your comments to our show, it's area code 213-816-1611. Call us now if you would like. Our board is open here, and we'd like to hear from you. And as usual, we have hosts from around the U.S., and some didn't get the call and uh, I guess are forgotten, probably watching a good football game. Uh, and as a matter of fact, uh, I was asked uh, on the Facebook page, uh, can we change the time of our radio shows because we are now in football season. We are now in football season. So I'm sure a lot of folks uh, are listening to maybe the Georgia game or the Florida game or the Michigan game or wherever they are and uh, would enjoy that more than listening to uh, airline talk. But today I see on the producer's call-in board right now I'm looking at uh, four folks that have shown up and and uh, I want to start off by saying hello to Margaret and and Margaret and maybe Lou and you're with Margaret. Hey Captain Neal and hello everyone. Uh, it's currently 80 degrees here in Pace, Florida, just on the outskirts of Pensacola, and with a possible thunderstorm this afternoon. So that's the weather here. Oh, hey, hey, it's Luann. I just wanted to say, as Margaret said, it's just a typical day here. Heat and rain, heat and rain. Back to you, <laughs> Captain Neal. Okay. Thank you, Margaret. And and thank you, Luann. And uh, I see Jim Holder just showed up. So, Jim Jim Holder, you're in the Atlanta area. Are you still in traffic from last week? <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't have much of an excuse. Just thought of running about five minutes late. It's going to rain this afternoon, and they say rain the next three or four days. So we need it. You can always use it. Yeah, absolutely. I sure don't complain about rain. Uh, and uh, let's see, who else do I see on the board? Oh, I see uh, Jim Harris, I believe. Jim, let me open your microphone, and there you are. Say hello to our yep, folks. Here I, yep, here's Captain Jim Harris from Dripping Springs, Texas. Hello. <laughs> I love to hear, hear Dripping Springs from Dripping Springs. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> we We actually have one. What a spring! And it just drips. <laughs> Our drips. Yeah, it does. It does. It, it's a little more than a drip, but not much. <laughs> way back, way back when, when the settlers were heading west, they would stop yeah. by here to rest, take on provision, get water. So that's what they did here. Okay. All right. Well, I guess that's a, an appropriate name then. I think All right. So. All right. Well, let's go out and see what Bill Joseph is doing out there in uh, the beautiful state of Colorado. Bill? Captain Neal, I'm coming to you from Fruta, that's F-R-U-I-T-A, Colorado, 19 miles inside the border with Utah, 250 miles west of Denver, where the temperature is 75 degrees, going for a high of 88 today. And our humidity, I'm sorry to report, has skyrocketed to 26%. Oh, oh my. <laughs> Poor you. Get the towel out. <laughs> hey, uh, is there a reason for the name Fruta? 
<laughs> Where'd that name come from, Bill? Oh, I don't know anything about the history of fruit. I just know it's a fine little town out here, and I really enjoy my summers out here. I got to Google Earth that, that little town it's and about, research if anybody, the name of it. If anybody is interested, it, it was the home of Mike, the headless chicken, uh, who <laughs> ran around town, they tell me, for 18 months without a head. Oh. I want to get that on your Google pad. That's an interesting story. <laughs> I will. I'll definitely look at that. That might be good enough for a radio show in the future. <laughs> I bet Luann could tackle that one, Margaret. That hasn't come up yet. <laughs> I, think, oh, I think she dated him. I think she dated him for a while. <laughs> 65, that's today. I don't know who's talking in the background. Uh, you got an echo there, Jim Harris, in your... Your telephone. <laughs> oh goodness! I got to knock that off. Okay. Well, once again, kitchen table radio or chicken <laughs> soup radio, one of the two. Your choice. All right, Bill. Let's get a little bit more serious and take this charter flight and see if we can work our way to wherever our destination is. I think we're going to Las Vegas. But tell us a little bit about the show today, Bill. It's all yours. Okay, Mr. Producer. I want to change the title for our show today. How about a funny thing happened on the way to Las Vegas today? Okay. It's a charter flight. It's a charter flight, and most flight deck crew members and cabin crew members really enjoy working these flights as the rules are sometimes relaxed as to the passengers on board. For instance, back in the early days, the cockpit door would be open for all to see the busy activity of the pilots, and in flight, Passengers would appear at the cockpit door looking at all the gauges, lights, switches, buttons, levers, and other apparatus required to operate the aircraft on the ground and in the air. For instance, normal operational lights would appear green, and abnormal and emergency lights would be amber or red, respectively. Our chartered trip today is from New York to Las Vegas with 175 jokesters. I mean jokesters in the form of stand-up comedians. Our captain is about to offer his welcome to the passengers. Let's listen in. Okay, uh, Captain Harris, uh, I'm not certain you've got this, but this is your captain. Welcome to our charter flight to Las Vegas, and to the man who asked me when he boarded, how are you, Captain? My answer is this, not doing too good today. I discovered that my wife was having an affair with my next-door neighbor while I was all away on my trips. Now we're filing for a divorce. 
my 16-year-old daughter told me as I left for this trip, she's pregnant. And the father is the son of my next-door neighbor. My dog bit my next-door neighbor's juvenile son, and his father is suing me. My doctor told me that if I didn't stop drinking and smoking, I would not live past 57. And guess what? Today is my 57th birthday. So to the concerned gentleman asking me how I'm doing as he boarded, welcome to Charter Flight 666. Captain, we got to call the gate agent. We got an aisle full of passengers wanting to get off the plane. You got to say something to calm them down or we'll be flying an empty plane to Vegas. Why in the world did you tell them that story anyway? You ain't even married. Sure, sure, Lou Ann. What's the matter? They can't take a little joke? It's my form of Captain Stand Up humor. How's this? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is a captain once again. I was not serious in my early announcement, and I was only trying out my form of stand up comedy. Perhaps I could be discovered in Vegas and get my own gig like you guys have of aviation humor. So please go back to your seats and enjoy your flight to your convention. And honestly, folks, it couldn't be a greater day, me being right here with you. Perhaps we can share a few jokes along the way. And Flight Attendant Luann will certainly keep you laughing at flight level 370. Well, somebody asked me, they said, Luann, I once heard you say you were adopted. Would you ever consider adoption? And I replied, absolutely. If I ever have kids, I do want them to go to a good home. <laughs> oh, Luann and Brenda. My ex used to role play in the bedroom a lot. Her favorite game was Handsome Librarian, which is where I'm not allowed to talk, and she reads the book instead. Well, <laughs> do you think that would score a hand up on the Santima scale? It wasn't all that uh, thing. I, don't, I think she's playing with me a little bit. You know, before I became an airline pilot, I fancied myself a great storyteller, lots of humor. When I told... Everyone, I was going to become a personal stand-up comedian. They all laughed. Well, they're not laughing now. Well, my first joke, listen up. My first joke, as I, I recall, I used to work at McDonald's making minimum wage. You know what that means when someone pays you minimum wage. You know what your boss is trying to say? Well, if I could pay you less, I would, but it's against the law. <laughs> Well, so it goes as Charter Flight 666 wings its way to Las Vegas at 8 miles per minute. Laughter is heard throughout the cabin, with many of the comedians trying out new material on the cabin crew. Yeah. Uh, I'm sitting in uh, uh, row 16, and I'm sitting in 16A, and uh, uh, I'm a comedian. I'm a stand-up comedian going to Vegas, and Here's one I think I'm going to try to use when I get there. You know, Isaac Newton died a virgin. That means I have one up on history's greatest scientific genius because I'm not dead. <laughs> oh, Lordy. <laughs> Margaret, how about taking the passenger and 
5B, would you? I certainly will. Um, you want to know the best part about being a stand-up comic with a stutter? No. Well, for my eight-minute slot, I only have to write 55 seconds worth of material. <laughs> oh, that got a real big laugh. Okay. Yeah. One of my favorite Seinfeld moments was when someone in the audience said, Jerry, I love you. Then Jerry said, thank you. I love you, too. But I do feel the need to see other people. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain again. I thought of another one that I wanted to try out. Uh, we're about to enter an area of very strong turbulence now, and you may feel the aircraft is coming apart. Uh, you could smell something burning and smoking starting to fill the cabin. Now everyone was scared, panicking and screaming. At that point, the captain tried to calm the terrified passengers by continuing his announcement. But don't worry, everyone. It will all happen real quickly. You won't feel a thing. <laughs> well, Jim Harris is not with us. Don't worry, everyone. It'll all happen really quickly, and you won't feel a thing is what he should have said. But uh, uh, we've got uh, a few more here, and we're going to uh, put it down on the ground. Uh, oh, here's good. Here's a good one. And the passenger in 17B, uh, D rather, I see is Luann. Luann, you got one? Um, well, uh, Me Meteor Crater, a meteor I think crater it is. in Arizona, and I hope the captain will make an announcement about the crater that hit the Earth about 50,000 years ago. Oh, and look how close it came to that highway down there. <laughs> the charter flight has been cleared to land, and the cockpit announcement microphone has been left on, and we hear the following once the big jet has landed. Captain Braveheart and his magnificent crew brought the aircraft to a screeching halt against the gate. And once again, the tire smoke is cleared, or once it has cleared and the warning bells are silenced, we'll open the door and you can pick your way through the wreckage to the terminal. Now, please make sure you take all your belongings with you. Anything left behind will be distributed evenly among the flight attendants. And please don't leave children or spouses. We have no place to put those people. Now, please feel free to leave behind any of your items in the overhead compartment. I'm having a yard sale this weekend, and donations are appreciated. Now, please notice that we're 10 minutes early, so the next time we're two to three hours late, let's just call it even. Now, that was a rough landing, but since you all survived, we expect you to keep all them promises we heard you making as we were landing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and sorry about that bumpy landing. It's not the captain's fault. It's not the co-pilot's fault. It's the ass fault. 
Da 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 da. Okay. Um, Please be careful when opening the overhead bins because, as we all know, shift happens. And finally, <laughs> folks, we ask you to remain seated as Captain Kangaroo bounces us to the terminal. <laughs> That's all we have for you today about the recent charter flight as worked by your radio show flight crew. Let's give them a round of applause. This past week we received a lot of comments from those that uh, looked uh, at the announcement of the show today about uh, charter flights, and uh, we've got some we want to read that uh, have sent them in to us. And uh, Jim uh, Holder, you, I think you've got the first one. Would you tell us? What sure. Yeah. That's, uh, this is from Dennis Crowley. He says, "My most remembered charter flight was when I was in high school." I was going to a private military school. My family was in the Dominican Republic. In the March of 1970, I was at my uncle's home for Easter break. Nobody knew as I heard that my father, an Air Force U lieutenant colonel, had been abducted and would be murdered. He was held for a week. His abductors finally agreed to exchange of 20 prisoners in exchange for freeing my dad. They were to get on an Iberia DC-8 from Santa Domingo to Mexico City. The captain was misinformed that the passengers would not be coming, so he took off. The abductors were getting ready to execute my father when Pan Am sent a charter, Boeing 727, to pick him up. My dad was freed. I've been told that some of the prisoners who were freed and flown to Mexico City, then made their way to the United States and responsible for airliner hijackings to Cuba. I was a high school kid, not an airline crew member, but this is one charter flight I will never forget. You know, I guess we all have um, those that have flown long enough. Uh, and uh, Sharon, uh, you, you had a flight that um, I think you were about to tell us before we went on the air. But your flight was a passenger that had passed away, and we did that show last week, I think it was. But uh, did you say you had a charter flight? And tell us about either one of those, would you, Sharon? Sharon Logan as well. Well, not really um, exciting, but when I flew for the Trump shuttle, we used to do little charters up to um, uh, Niagara Falls. I'm having a little moment here all by myself. Anyway, uh they would all be Asian people, and we'd see all these little dark-headed people throughout the whole cabin and all their little heads bouncing around whenever we'd had a little bit of turbulence. And it was kind of interesting because, um, you know, I'm Caucasian, blonde, and having all these Asian people was interesting. We did that rather frequently. But it doesn't transcend into the radio world, I don't think. However, uh, we didn't have a flight where a passenger passed away. We helped save a passenger who had brain damage. Uh, We were drafted on a flight from New York to New Orleans. I was on reserve, and they said, well, you can have the rest of the year off. Of course, it was only two days, but it it counts. Mm -hmm. And um, 
And in the old days, cabin was rarely, if ever, full. We called it the crew lounge. And after our service, we tucked everybody in bed, and we were sitting in the crew lounge. We heard a bell going off, and it wasn't just once. It was just ding, 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 ding. And I said, I'll get it. I walked back, and this passenger in the first row was pushing the button frantically and pointing to this man who was aspirating on some peanuts. And this was the person that had been in an automobile accident and was flying mm-hmm. with a damaged brain. Mm-hmm. Um, then we we got into action. The crew was magnificent. And we uh, called for medical. We had two people respond. We had a pediatrician and a trauma surgeon. So we flag stopped in Atlanta and... He was removed from the aircraft. We went on to New Orleans, and then we had to come back to Atlanta. That was the home base. And the next day, we found out um, we acted in a very appropriate manner, and, and he did live. Yeah. And That's he great. Recognize us. They gave us a cute little button and, um, you know, an girl and attaboy for saving this uh, passenger's life. And what what airplane were you on, Sharon? Sharon, the 727? A baby... Baby 727. Okay, the 100 series, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, how about it, Jim? Do you have a, a charter that you remember? Oh, yes. Uh, I have several, but I'll tell you about one of them. And I may have mentioned <laughs> this earlier on another radio show back in the dark ages, but uh, the 727 from Kansas City or St. Louis, I've forgotten which, to Acapulco. And we had a playing load full of hairdressers, you know, work on women's hair. And uh, and it was full. And, and except in the, back, in the last back row, there was two guys sitting back there. We didn't hear much from them at all. But we welcomed everybody on board, and we took off. The weather was fine and all that kind of stuff. And, man, they had been dissed in the bar before they got on the airplane. They were already having a fine time. And we did leave the door open, as like we said before, you know, let people come up and take a look around at the bells and whistles with crews. And they started coming up, and they were nice. And then the next three or four were a little bit more amorous. And before long, there was a couple of them that fell in love with a second officer. Now, he was a good-looking guy and all that, but he was supposed to be sitting there watching the gas and the oil and all that kind of stuff. And they they were trying to take the boy's shirt off. I said, listen, this is coming to an halt. We done gone too far. Far, You guys get out of the cockpit, and we'll just shut the door, and we'll go on to Albuquerque. I mean, not Albuquerque, Acapulco. <laughs> but anyhow, we did, and we landed, and, and uh, they were just having a fine time, boy. They were singing and laughing and carrying on and all of that. And we parked, I can remember it well, we parked about 100 yards from the gate. For some reason, they didn't have much of a turnable down there. This is a long time ago. And they all jumped out of the airplane, and off they went, including the two little guys from the back. But the, And they were headed for that thing, but coming out was the return flight, which had been a bunch of hairdressers that had come down about a week earlier. And, buddy, they were not laughing and carrying on. They were throwing up and carrying on and falling on the concrete. They had Montezuma's revenge. Every last one of them did. <laughs> and, I mean, it was, it was pitiful. 
I mean, we turned the air conditioning as fast as we could and got every bit going on that airplane flying back to Kansas City, and it still almost made everybody at the crew on members all started throwing up. It was a hell of a flight. I'll tell you, I'll never forget that, and and uh, that's why I don't want my kids to be hairdressers. But uh, <laughs> they've already made their way in life, so I guess I'm safe there. Jim, <laughs> and that is your true story. I ain't making it up. All right. Here's another one that follows right along what you were talking about uh, and the hairdressers, except we had a flight that laid over in Detroit, and uh, we had the most beautiful women as you'd ever seen in the cabin. There were several of them, and they were in a group. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a charter flight. It was a passenger flight. But several mm-hmm. of the these beautiful young ladies got on the airplane. Well, when we got to Detroit, the flight, the second officer was a single guy. And it might have been mm-hmm. the same second officer you you had on Probably your flight. Was. <laughs> but at any rate, he was talking about all the beautiful women in the back. And so anyhow, we get our crew car and go into the hotel where we're staying. And lo and behold, there was a convention at that hotel. And it was a transvestite convention (laughs) 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 and of course uh, uh, second officer hung his head down low (laughs) because those were really those that fell in love with them that were really boys yeah yeah true story i had some other charters i was going to tell but uh that you just reminded me of that one i had I hadn't told that one, I don't think, on the air. Uh, that was a, a funny situation. Well, let's see. I'm going I'm to open my, uh, Jim Harris's microphone here. And, Jim, I, obviously you don't have the script, but right about now, can you think of a charter flight that you you had as a, a pilot, a captain on our airplanes? I never did have a charter flight as a captain, but as a co-pilot, yeah, we flew the, we flew the Atlanta Braves more than once. Okay, were That's they in their winning season or were they in their losing season? <laughs> well, it, it's kind of a in between. <laughs> between. All <laughs> yep. right. It was fun. Was, that, was go... that back in the time of uh, Greg Maddox and uh, and Dale Murphy and those guys? Yes, it was. Okay, boy. What? Yep. What? It'd be great to fly with those guys. They they had a great oh, team was. back it was then. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, we went. Yeah. I don't know. We landed somewhere, and uh, they did a little exhibition for some more piece, more people. I don't remember where we landed. So, yeah, many years ago. Well, I've I've saved the last one here for uh, Miss Lou Ann. She mentioned that she might want to tell a char- charter trip that she had. Lou Ann, are you there? You ready? I sure am, Captain Neil, and thank you for saving me till the last. You know, the best always comes last. But anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, did I hear some grumbling among the other co-hosts? Oh, come on. That yeah. is just a little joke. <laughs> now, Captain Neil, you may not believe my charter story, but here it is. And Jim Holder, I want you to know that what I'm about to share is the honest to goodness truth. Because you know no one, in, and you know no one in their right mind can make this stuff up. So, <laughs> having said that, back in 2010, our little red jet at Kentucky Up Our was chartered by three people. It was two men and a woman. 
And they said they were a comic group, and they were going to their biggest gig ever. They called themselves the Tater Tots. Said they got that name from the frozen food section and thought it was kind of catchy. Well, we left Hazard, (laughs) and uh, our destination was Louisville, Kentucky. Now, about 20 minutes into the flight, they said their plans had changed, and they demanded that we take them to Dripping Springs, Texas. Really? Dripping Springs, Texas? Can you believe that, Jim Holder? I mean, who the heck knew where that was? Who, you know, we didn't know where that was. Well, anywho. I explained that we only flew within the state. They got really belligerent. They were threatening to harm us if we didn't change course. And they started insulting me, of all people. Now, you know I can't take that. So the female tater tot said, well, Miss Brown-headed flight attendant, do you know the mating call of a brunette? It's this. Has the blonde left yet? Has the blonde <laughs> left yet? <laughs> no offense to Sharon. I don't mean to insult you. I understand. Oh, you know, Captain Neal, I could just feel my blood starting to boil, but I kept my cool. Then Tater Tot 2 said, hey. Do you know the main reason a brunette's able to keep her figure? Because nobody else wants it. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Taylor Talk 3 chimed in. You must be a diet pesty because you ain't soda delicious anymore. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Oh, oh, my gosh. You know, I mean... I just have to say, them words just frosted my cake. <laughs> Seeing no weapons and with my temper flaring, I told her, Pilot Earl, let's go to hillbilly tactic number 13, but only on my command. So I grabbed me a food tray, and I flung it across that plane, and I said, well, what we have here is a failure to communicate. Mm-hmm. So first, let me address you, smart aleck comment. Now, I stole that line about failure to communicate from Cool Hand Luke. I thought it was a great <laughs> line. Anyway, so I said, listen up, Tater Tot One. Do you know what your fake blonde mating call is? It's this. I'm so drunk. I'm so drunk. <laughs> Got a lot of attention. <laughs> Now, as a little footnote, you poor thing, your biscuit isn't quite done in the middle, is it? So you think on that for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Tater Tattoo came back today. It was negative. And Tater Tot 3, if I threw a stick, you'd go fetch it, right? Okay. So... Here you smart Alex, this is how it's going to go down. Ain't going to be no hijacking today. You best buckle up, taters, because it's going to be a bumpy, bumpy ride. Uh-huh. So I told Earl then, I said, roll it, Earl. 
and you did it because she was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Roll it, Earl. Roll it, Earl. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, Jim Holder, that's dangerous. But yes, a Learjet can be rolled. I see the uh, video on it. Well, yeah. we bounce them hij- hijackers all over the place. We roll the plane, swooped up and down, flew close to the ground before we finally landed in Louisville. Yeah, they look like little mashed taters by the time they got <laughs> off that plane. <laughs> and they were really happy to be bored. They didn't report us. <laughs> and we simply entered turbulent weather conditions in our log book. And that's mm. the truth. So help me, Jim Holder. So help you, Jim Holder. <laughs>
shut down a long time ago. Well, that's long how I keep ago. up with with the latest current events of airlines. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, Bill mm-hmm. Ir- Irvin, who was with Kiwi, he said, sorry to say that it was not with Eastern, that is the charter flight, was not with Eastern. I used to work with Kiwi Airlines in Atlanta, and we did a charter for Yankee fans coming in to watch the Yankees and Braves play in the World Series. They had extra tickets and invited us to come along. Great game in old Fulton County Stadium. I'll always remember this, the right place at the right time. Then former TWA and American Airlines flight attendant, Diane Potus Marks, she said, I had fun working with the Kansas City Royals charter flights in the early 80s. Another TWA flight attendant, Carol Greer, recalls that uh, the MAC flights to her with GIs, wives and children in constellations to and from Germany back in 1959. And the endless cups of coffee served both heartbreaking or heartwarming stories, depending upon which way we were going. TWA flight attendant Carol Keeler said she took the KC, Kansas City Chiefs, to the first Super Bowl game. And also she recalls a charter from Los Angeles to, uh, I mean Las Vegas to uh, Los Angeles. It was a very late departure and got to Los Las Vegas, the group went to the strip, uh, strip uh, went to the strip, I guess that's a, a strip of uh, casinos, and gambled for six hours, and we tried to sleep on the plane. Then they came back and were so ugly, I stood in a galley and cried. Either they were drunk or they had lost all their money, one of the two. <laughs> Never again. They did pass the hat for money for the flight attendants, but I would not take any. Well, Mark Moskiki, Mark Moskiki, I think it is, of TWA says that his favorite charter flights were the Papal, Papal, I guess that's the Pope charters. Papal, is that the correct way of pronouncing that? Probably, yeah. yeah. Papal charters? Yeah. Yeah, then Fred Scholl with Allegheny Airlines says that his favorite ones were from the Pittsburgh to to Freeport in the Bahamas on Saturdays. That was his uh, fun charter trips. Uh, Eastern Airlines, Annette uh, Bernandin posts that I flew a handful of charters with the Boston Bruins and one with the Patriots. I felt like I was in the locker room with the Pats. The white guys were huge. The Bruins were like a bunch of Canadian farm boy jerks. The Celtics were just regular passengers usually late in the evening after the game. Well, that's all the posts that I had this past week. And, uh, keep them coming, folks. Interesting, very interesting to hear from you. Uh, and um, and uh, about uh, the uh, charters that we had. You know, speaking of uh, football charters, I had one from uh, Miami to uh, uh, Providence, Rhode Island, and Bill is no longer. He always tells me that when his party is over, he's he's hanging up. Well, he, he's hang he's hung up. I see his uh, his phone has dropped off. But at any rate, uh, that flight from Miami to Providence was the year the Miami Hurricanes won were the national champions among college football, and I had the 
the great pleasure of flying a 757 trip. And um, they flew the seven. We flew uh, deadheaded down, not deadheaded, but we flew an empty 727 down from Atlanta to Miami, and um, before the charter. And I checked in with weather because there was a hurricane out in the Atlantic, and I wanted to make sure that we didn't <clears throat> have a meeting there in the <laughs> in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. And um, anyhow, it was not looking good when I checked with meteorology. And so I decided to delay the flight. Jimmy Johnson was a coach. Jimmy Johnson was a coach of the hurricanes at that time. And uh, so I just told uh, the dispatch that to call me, I was going back to to Marriott Hotel there at the airport, call me when um, it cleared the Boston area, the hurricane, because it was headed that way. So at any rate, I was watching television, and Jimmy Johnson was being interviewed by the local television station down in Miami, wanting to know about uh, what he thought about the first game. And he said, well, we we, we probably won't uh, do too well because here our trip is delayed and we're getting in late and, uh, and blah, blah, blah. So I was sitting there watching him uh, complain about the delay of the trip, and I thought to myself, you know, well, we could go ahead and march through that hurricane if you'd like a better uh, you know, to arrive mm-hmm. on time. But at any rate, uh, we did finally originate the trip, and um, uh, the the hurricane was at uh, Pat had just passed uh, Providence on on its way up to uh, Boston, and um, and um, we 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 start charted the trip. I mean, we flew the trip, and I didn't know at the time, but the the most favored among all charters of Eastern Airlines was charters for the Miami Hurricanes. I mean, they would take a, a flight with passengers and pull it off the line on a scheduled flight in order to get that airplane available for a charter with the Miami Hurricanes. And um, I understood that the first class, it was $10,000 a seat on first class on the hurricane charters. And that was because of those sponsors that sponsored the hurricane and gave donations to the football squad and all that. But uh, it was it consisted that day of the founder of Burger King. And of course, Burger King started and originated down in Miami. But uh, we did land in Providence. And uh, when we landed, the uh, tower says Eastern, uh, you, uh, we are having problems with our electrical system here. It may fail before you land, and um, and it did. They went to the power generator, uh, the field's power generator, and it only operated the uh, the lights at the, on the runway, the boundary lights, the runway boundary lights, and that was it. Nothing along the taxiways, nothing. And so when we landed, uh, we had to use, of course, our taxi lights and found our way to the uh, terminal. But that was an interesting flight, very interesting flight. And mm-hmm. I think we've all had several of those. I could go on with a few others. But I enjoyed charter flights. They were a lot of fun. And, you know, like I we did. talked about, back too. in the early days, we used to keep, and Jim, you remember this, and Jim Harris, you probably did, too, do, too, 
But we used to keep that door. As a matter of fact, we found something to prop the door open, to keep it open on flights. Yeah, we did, except for that one time I told you about going to Acapulco. We shut the door and locked yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, back in the Convair days and the Electra days, uh, DC-7s and all those charter flights, you know, we didn't have the FAA rules and regulations and doors that you can't use a blowtorch to get into now nowadays. And um, But uh, those were the fun days. Well, yep. we we struggled through this show. <laughs> Thanks for your help, Sharon. I appreciate your help. And Jim, Jim Harris, go ahead, Sharon. I just said my pleasure. Um, yeah, Jim, Jim Harris is still here. Okay, uh, did you did you not get your script? I sent it to two different addresses. I got one kicked back. I know, I know, I know. I, I, I looked at it earlier and it recently has disappeared, so I don't know. <laughs> no script. Well, we're learning how to operate with a skeleton crew. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. You can do it. <laughs> yeah. We're uh, seasoned. <laughs> yeah, we're seasoned. As long as we got mm-hmm. uh, Lou Ann and and Margaret and Brenda. Well, Brenda, I, I guess she forgot to. We had a show today. You know Brenda, don't you, Sharon, pretty well? Brenda Chabot? Uh, I do not. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. She's the uh, editor of the Silverliners magazine, which is coming out here very soon. I think the uh, end of this month it's coming out. And, um, boy, I'm sure glad I'm out of that responsibility of putting together a, 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 a an association I'm, magazine. I'm, right, Jim Holder? I'm sitting here looking at the last year's magazine, and uh, after being the editor of Repartee, I can appreciate it, and it's beautiful, a lot of pictures, and she does a great job with that magazine. Oh, yeah. Great job. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, anyhow... That's about all I've got to say, except uh, we're going to be off next week. We're not having we a show are. because I'm going, yeah, I'm going to my granddaughter's wedding in Orlando oh. this coming week. And that's the, that's the 17th, no radio show. Yeah, no radio show. Yeah, we'll be down yeah, there for about three, on my three days. Three days, mm-hmm. and uh, she's uh, marrying uh, a fellow. She works for Disney, Disney World, and... She's uh, an accountant for them, and uh, her fiancé also works for Disney. I think he does uh, data data work for finding out how many people are on the rides and how many people go out on the cruise ships and that type of thing. And, um, mm-hmm. of course, they met there in Disney, and uh, they've been going together now for about three years and finally getting married, and I think when they – Mary, and next uh, October or November, they're leaving to go out and live in Oregon, out there at uh, Bend, Oregon, in the shadow of Sisters Mountain. If you've never been there, it's a beautiful part of the country, gorgeous out there. But at any rate, uh, no show next week, so you got off and um, got any ideas for shows, please pass them on. And... uh, Let's see, that's about all I got. Do you have any announcements to make? Uh, Sharon, do you have anything further to say? 
No, but I certainly enjoyed the entire show. Well, thank you very much. It's very much impromptu when we go off script. <laughs> very, very. very. <laughs> and we have people like like the two gems that carry us, and of course Margaret and Luann, and uh, and Brenda, and uh, so uh, we've got uh, a couple of folks that have uh, had expressed interest about coming on the air with us as hosts, and uh, I sure hope they do consider it uh, because we need all the help we can get. But well, the pay rate, is sort of slender. Pay is sort of pay, slender, uh, but yeah. maybe if we get some competition, we can get a pay raise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, <laughs> or either provide Team dental holders. insurance. Take <laughs> it up with any chicken <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, well, let's see if I can get uh, Jim Jim Harris to land us here. Uh, Charter flight 666, you're cleared to land runway 7 left at uh, current field here at Las Vegas. The wind is from zero five zero degrees at ten knots. Or is that Jim Holder? Jim Holder. Oh, it's me, the old Captain Holder here. Gear down. Let's whip it on in, yeah. All right. Well, we're going to land this thing. Job. Yeah, another grease <laughs> job. All right, Merle Haggard, take us out of here, Merle. See you guys week after next. See ya. Thank you. Silver wings shining in the sunlight, roaring in Somewhere in flight, they're taking you away, leaving me lonely. Silver wings slowly fading out of sight. Don't leave me, I cry. Don't take that airplane ride But you locked me out of your mind And left me standing here behind Silver wings Shining in the sunlight Roaring engine Headed somewhere in They're taking you away, leaving me lonely. Come on, Margaret, silver wings, slowly fading out of sight.